The world is fucked if that's true. People would rather buy cornflakes than chocolate rice. Hi everyone, it's Andy and Joel on the Stay Hungry podcast and today we're talking about why cutting your marketing right now is crazy. Andy, how are you? Outstanding. Nice, Jesse Itzler. Yeah. Just for a bit of context, I showed the team a video by Jesse Itzler from Vcon and now both Andy and Caitlin Every time I ask them how they are, tell me they're outstanding. Every day. It's not annoying at all. What's the alternative in Britain? Not bad, which is like the worst reply ever. All right, thanks. How are you? (laughs) Yeah, you're, let's get on with it. That's, yeah. Fair to middling. That's what my nan says. In fact, I think I've done a video about it recently, about a bad way to start a meeting is doing the usual, how are you? How's business? Yeah, how's business? I mean, the, the art of asking powerful questions is so important because if your meeting's, how are you? Someone's either going to say, oh, yeah, not bad. And it's like, do you ring up your mate in Dubai and say, how's the weather? He says, oh, it's not raining. Um, <laughs> and, yes, yeah, so how are you? Oh, well, actually, my mum's not too well. Oh, yeah, done. You know, if you're... All right, all right. Start again then. Oh, okay. What's the best thing that's happened to you this week? I've completed the fan... Oh, that was last week, wasn't it? Yeah, you can't have that. Oh, damn. This week, it's only Tuesday. Well, it's a powerful question. Oh, back on the bike this morning. There you go. There we go. Nice. Right. Oh, sorry, Joe. What's the best thing that's happened to you this week? Oh, I wasn't. I wasn't oh, okay. I wasn't rolling. Oh, I was just being polite. Uh, what's the best thing that's happened to me this week? I had a really interesting call with a client yesterday who uh, trains people how to do the stock market. Oh, okay. And, I mean, he went You know, everyone's going to be thinking, fucking hell, Joel. Well, I just learnt loads oh, in okay. a really short space of time. It was just, yeah, mind blowing. This time next year, Rodney. Well, not so, just like just to you know when it's like you see someone plowing a field and like like watching the Jeremy Clarkson farm program, you see someone plowing a field. And, oh, that's really interesting, but I never want to do it. <laughs> that kind of you're not playing of, the stocks then. Well, I I, I, I dabble, but okay. I don't think I'm gonna. I'm never gonna be like a day trader. Do you realise we digressed from the point of this podcast within, I'd say, five seconds? Yeah, right. So, why cutting your marketing right now is crazy. Okay. Easy for a marketer to say this, yada, 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 but I'm saying this as a business owner. Um, obviously, financial times have probably been a bit easier than they are right now. Some, depending on what you read, we're on the edge of a precipice. Could be going into recession, inflation's high, cost of living crisis, just had two years of COVID, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, to my surprise yesterday when I was reading BBC News, The government is set to launch a campaign aimed at getting businesses to divert marketing spend into cutting prices to help mitigate the cost of living crisis. Brilliant. I'm going to stop paying my licence fee then. Well, they're just reporting the news. It's not their fault. So so what they're saying is a business should reduce their marketing spend and the saving, in inverted commas, they make should be put towards lowering their prices to make it easier for the person buying off them. That's what they're saying. Yeah, exactly. So they're encouraging brands to help out in tough times by cutting prices using the saving from what would have been spent on marketing. So, Andy, I'm going to rattle through five major problems I've got with this, and then and then we'll discuss. But number one, if you're viewing marketing as a cost, either your marketing's shit or your mindset's in completely the wrong place for a marketing campaign because it should be an investment your marketing's there to make a return. Number two, short-termism, 
I don't think there's a, I don't think anyone can give me an example of where short termism has won. You know, the kind of tortoise and the hare scenario. So all of those brands that decide to do that may damage themselves. Point number three: the people being squeezed by the cost of living crisis won't be buying the premium brands that are spending an absolute fortune on marketing campaigns. So if for example, Ferrari decide to pull their Formula One team because ultimately that's a really expensive marketing campaign. The saving on a Ferrari is not going to make any difference to a cost of living crisis. Um, when time gets tough, cutting your marketing is a quick way to make things tougher. And number five, most businesses have been hit extremely hard in the last two years. And I think being then asked to foot the bill for the cost of living crisis is a bit rough. So, point one, marketing as an investment. Discuss. Yeah, oh, this, this, this podcast will just easily turn into a rant. I mean, we know when things get tough. Say a business calls in their accountant. The accountant's going to be one or two types. Either be an accountant who says, right, whatever you do, carry on marketing yourself because you've got to keep getting business in. Yeah. Or they're going to be the type that says, fucking cut every expenditure, including marketing. And, you know... It's estimated that about a third of businesses that went under in the last recession went under because they cut their marketing. And I, I just struggle to get my head around it. What was that that quote? Is it another bloody Henry Ford one? About something about stopping your advertising like stopping a clock to save time or something, isn't it? Stopping advertising to save money is like stopping a clock yeah. to save time. And it's I think we've got to be worried about knee-jerk reactions anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like in oh, anything. Yeah, yeah. This this might happen, so this is what you need to do. And there's just such a lack of possibility thinking going on. Okay, well, what if there isn't a recession? Yeah, I, I mean, I should be clear that this isn't. It's it's not about politics. I'm not. I haven't brought this subject up because I want to hammer the Tories or hammer the Labour Party. This is about having run a business through a recession previously, and you have to having run the business through lockdowns. I know that telling people to cut back on their marketing as 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 a definitive message is a bad thing. Obviously, if you've got to shave 20% of your costs across the board, then yes, perhaps you would reduce your marketing spend by 20%. I appreciate that if that has to happen, that has to happen. But that isn't what this message says. And I've seen businesses who everything's going really well so they make the decision to turn off their marketing. And it's not an overnight thing where the lights go out. It's just you get 18 months down the line and suddenly the phone's not ringing anymore. And then clients start to drop off. And then a competitor seems to be a lot more prominent than you. And It's a lot more expensive as well to start your marketing engine from cold mm. rather than keeping it ticking over. And that's something we hopefully drill in through our own marketing a lot that, you know, yeah, things are brilliant. You've got no competitors. So, yeah, why spend money on marketing because your inquiries are flying in anyway? Then what happens when a competitor opens up around the corner, which happened to a, you know, I told this story before about a gym owner mate of mine, one of the first people to come up with a budget gym, all singing and dancing, you know, two pounds a month, whatever he was charging. So cut all his marketing, didn't need it. And then, a big budget gym launched, opened up around the corner from him, charged 50p less a month. And of course, most of his customers fucked off. Yeah. And he was there just trying to throw money in the newspapers, all this, trying to start his engine from cold. 
and he lost his gym. And it's a bit like um, business by numbers as well, isn't it? It's that whole like, oh, if I cut costs here, I can invest it here. It, well, that's, that's not how it works. You, if if you cut your sales process in half, it doesn't mean you've saved 50% of the costs. It just means that you've tarnished your sales process. If you decide that you, you're going to stuck, sorry, if you're going to cut staff costs by half, it means you've got half the workforce. It doesn't. It doesn't necessarily mean you've made a saving. No, everything gets absorbed. It's like when you know, oh, I give up smoking, and if I put that money that I would have spent on cigarettes into into a big jar, be able to go on holiday. And that when I quit, you know, decades ago, that's what I started doing, putting like four quid a day into my little jar. But then it's like, oh, actually, I need some money. I'll just dip in there. And of course, before you know it, you think, oh, well, the theory was I should be saving lots of money by giving up smoking. But no, it's gone somewhere. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, there's a naivety there in terms of whoever's come up with this campaign on how businesses budget and plan. Because if you're going to make X and last year you made Y and then last year you spent this much on your marketing, you will have made a calculation around that in terms of what your marketing budget is this year. It's not like something that you can just dip into to spend on something else. Yeah. particularly where it affects the cost of living crisis if we're talking about food manufacturers or um fuel suppliers it's not like that they could just suddenly go oh give dave an account to ring i need to divert 20 billion from marketing and cut it cut it off the top line of the price (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely um uh, well actually this is this is point number five isn't it about about us going to talk about you know, businesses we've all been hit quite hard as it is. Yeah. Without like trying to slash our prices further. Yeah, and I think, you know I I never want to us personally, I never want us to appear as a woe is me business. Everyone had it hard through COVID. COVID was horrible for everybody. But the the same people, the sort of the bottom ninety nine percent or whatever we all come under, can't keep foot in the bill. You can't have a situation where the same people keep suffering over and over again. I mean, who pulled the country out of the last recession? Business owners, entrepreneurs. Yeah. You know, the public sector do the stuff that I could never do. That's brilliant. But it wasn't them who, like, revitalised the economy. No. And, I, and I'm not saying that we should squeeze the public sector either to pay for the cost of living crisis. I think the cost of living crisis is a more of a political thing than it is a... Reality, in a sense. Mm. Cut teachers' wages. Ooh. 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 Oh, imagine going down that route. You have to do a big edit on this. Oh, podcast. we should have a, we should have a, like a pri- private entrepreneur uh, union. <laughs> they, they wouldn't they wouldn't stand for this. The directors, the institute of directors, takes a turn. Yeah. So, um, something that I also think, which is a, a clear marketing point that this campaign hasn't thought about, is knowing your audience. So, who's the cost of living crisis hitting the hardest? where do they spend their money? And, you know, time and time again, when you look at people in hardship, half of it isn't just about financial hardship. It's about financial education. So they haven't had the opportunities afforded to them to understand how to budget, to understand what to, what to buy. So trying to get premium brands to reduce their pricing isn't going to help 
Yeah, imagine like like I don't know, Grey Goose vodka, right? We're going to help do our bit, and we're going to reduce the price of a bottle by two pounds. Yeah, not... it's like well, the 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 people on the poverty line, they're going to be like, oh, brilliant! I'm going to buy loads of Grey Goose yeah. this week then. Yeah, whereas like, and I mean, this sounds incredibly snobby, and I don't know how to say it otherwise. But if you're buying Hovis bread, which is a pretty standard manufacturer of bread. Emma bakes her own, so I don't know. Well, there you go. We so, to- totally snobby yeah. now. We have our own sourdough, Jill. But I imagine that the margin in bread is pretty slim anyway. Are they, are they the ones that somehow got the got the money to hire Robert De Niro? Was that Hovis? Just Warburton's, isn't uh, it? They had the Muppets, Robert De Niro, Sylvester Stallone. Where do Warburton's stack in the Hovis premium? Be a similar level, right? Hovis, um, Warburton's? Actually, no idea. I, I mean, yeah, this makes me feel like a right dick, because we have... We don't make our own bread, but we have quite nice bread. Well, to be to be frank, we rarely ever have bread, so that's probably why we have. Is nice that off your list? Is it? is it? We just we just don't have it because I just eat toast until I fall asleep. Toast and a teller on. Yeah, toast and marmite. Actually, can't have a teller now. The Angus palm oil. Yeah. But yeah, that that knowing your audience. So who's the most? Who's the hardest hit by the cost of living crisis? So let's say it's lower middle classes, and. The working class, how, however you want to classify people, well, their spending habits are get, It's it's not going to line up with the brands that are able to divert marketing budget. I can't see how it makes any. Heinz aren't going to suddenly reduce the cost of a tin of beans. It's it, it'd be great if they did. I love I love beans. What's well, like? Hang on, how do you love beans? But not. To, I mean, surely beans only go with toast, don't they? Well, yeah, that's why I don't have beans or bread in my house. Oh, right. I just thought you sat there with, like, with a tin of beans on your own, no toast. Oh, sometimes I'll have a veggie breakfast with no toast. And that's got beans on it. I can't imagine a breakfast without toast. What? That's like, no. Oh, okay. Mm. Right, where are we? It's more of an insight into us than <coughs> than this campaign, I think. Um. Well, you like you say, point two... Th- you just damage your own brand. Yeah. And like, you know, of course there's always deals, dis- not always, but deals and discounts to be done. But just cutting your prices. But well. so, so that's, that's another brilliant point. So let's, let's use the example of Coca-Cola, let's say, which I don't think is a, a product that's necessary, but it's an easy example. So you've got Coca-Cola, and let's say a can of Coca-Cola is 80 pence. Fucking hell. Is that what can cost? Probably cost more than that, maybe. Oh, um, and then let's say a can of Sainsbury's own brand cola costs 50 pence. Well, if Coca-Cola divert their billions of marketing budget into slashing their costs and reduce the price of their can to close to what the Sainsbury's own brand can costs, all that happens there is they tarnish their brand. The same amount of people still buy Coca-Cola. Yeah. Yeah, it's mad, isn't it? And to think that, you know, if you if a can of Coke is like 80p or whatever you said, if if they were going to reduce it, they'd probably reduce it to like 70p. So no, not many people give a shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's come down by... T- well, who, who gives a fuck? Like you say, you've got to make a, a substantial cut, which would then align you... With the lesser brands, and, and yeah, you, yeah you're, you're buggered. Because branding, rightly or wrongly, is about desirability. Mm-hmm. So you, there's a famous test where people are given a glass of Pepsi and a glass of Coke, 
and nine out of ten i think prefer the glass of pepsi but when you put the cans in front of the glasses eight out of ten prefer the coke because really? the brand is more prominent so pepsi max every time well with you cherry ruin, you ruin yeah i don't think i think that would spoil the test but but yeah, you're forgetting the desirability factor and the fear of missing out and what people see as essentials. So, you know, you and I have a different view on what is an essential and what's a non-negotiable in my family's eating. Neither of us are right and neither of us are wrong, but you, it can't be mandated from the top. So you can't say, well, this company's going to have to reduce their prices because that's essential. Well, we don't eat that. So it doesn't, doesn't work. Do you think there will be the, the, the aforementioned knee-jerk reaction and that some brands are going to be like, oh, right, okay, maybe I should cut my marketing then? Uh, there, will always be, there, so. there will be some, especially if they're incentivized to do it. But I, I'd like to think it, this is, won't happen. This is idealistic thinking. doesn't matter who's in government. But when you get situations like um, cost of living crisis or COVID or a recession, someone is always making a profit out of it. There's always somebody that profiteers out of the situation. You know, when oil prices have gone up and energy prices have gone up, and yet the oil and the energy companies are posting record profits whilst everyone else's prices are doubling, that's where the problem is. <coughs> and Excuse But you're never going to see, I don't think, because of the way government is funded, or the, sorry, the way political parties are funded, a political party saying, right, we're going to tax anyone seen to be profiteering at a higher rate of tax to therefore improve the cost of living for the, for the poorest in society. I don't think we'll see that happen, but I think we probably all know that's what should happen. Yeah. I mean, it's like the price of petrol filled up this morning. They're still making record-breaking profits. Is the price of petrol going to come down? Well, do you think it's ever going to come down to a pound? Is it, well... No, of course it's not going to happen. No. And like I said, someone is making money. And <clears throat> even in COVID, obviously, some people were making money. Um, some people pivoted, as they say, and made loads of money. Um, but, yeah, it's just cutting your marketing is a quick way to make, what did you say, a tough time tougher. Yeah. And, well, if if that's what a company thinks they have 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 to do because obviously we know there are companies out there there are people out there who who do make a commitment to follow the government like so for example there are countries that do that you know i don't know sweden not that i know much about politics but in sweden generally speaking they do what the government advises yeah. whereas over here it's almost a case of well, on principle i won't do what the government advises and you probably won't find someone more skeptical than me but even even i'm now thinking well yeah covid you got ukraine you got the cost of living crisis we always know that that's how you sell newspapers but it's almost you know that meme that went around when ukraine happened about i think it was a picture of some some uh, some underwater divers basically looking for something and it was something like you know looking for news of covid or something because something else had taken precedence yeah, over yeah. it and and society is getting so divided and now now it's the cost of living crisis why particularly especially why I don't listen to the news or all this shit going on. That's the next thing to focus on. And if I was really cynical, I'd say that this campaign creates a headline to turn the poorest in society against business owners. Yeah. Because yeah. we're all, well, we know, well, I, I can say this because he probably doesn't listen to my podcast. Love my brother to bits. 
But when he found out you drove a Tesla, his reaction was like, fucking hell, you guys must be paying yourself a decent amount then. It's like, well... Did you just tell him, no, he's just really boring and doesn't do anything else? No, I didn't tell him that. I didn't didn't want to besmirch you. Um, Whereas, obviously, there are probably business owners out there who'd be like, nice one, Joel. You know, in fact, right, our, our mate George, super successful business person, He's posting on his socials at the moment a picture of him with um, his personalised reg on, I think it's a new Porsche. And the post is basically saying, I, I wasn't sure whether to post this or not because I know some people's reaction is going to be, look at the flash yeah. with a Porsche. But it's like, I said, George, fucking hell, well done, mate. I know how hard you've worked to get what you want. And if, if you want a Porsche, no matter whether someone thinks your choice of car is, is bloody wanky or, you know, some people just aren't fussed about, about material goods and cars anyway. If that's what you want, you've worked bloody hard and ethically to get it. Good on you. Celebrate it. And there'll be some people who will clap for George and there'll be other people saying, flash bastard. So, as you well know, I've been on both sides of this argument and had a chip on my shoulder most of my life about various things. You got rid of the Lambo now, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> nice one. Yeah, hilarious. But it's that whole, like, you don't gain anything by taking something away from someone else. and. I find like logically, yes, they do in themselves. They get a small little little dopamine hit. I think by well, mm. I, yes, yeah. Sorry, yeah. You don't materially gain anything by taking something away from someone else. And I find that I find it fascinating that people really get a kick out of that. So, like, people don't know my per like your brother doesn't know my personal circumstances. He doesn't know, probably doesn't know that I sold my house last year. Various things that have contributed to the fact that. I drive that car, which is actually a decision based on the fact that I wanted an electric car, and now I feel pretty smug every time I drive past a petrol station. But it's that, you know, it, if you said to someone, based on stereotypes, oh, so-and-so drives a Tesla, they'd probably say, oh, I bet he wears a Rolex as well. or Doesn't pay his taxes. Doesn't pay his taxes. Bit, yeah. And it's like, well, I don't wear a Rolex, and I do pay my taxes. So it's... I'm because my brother is working tax-free in another country. <laughs> but that, like... And equally, I'm, I am well aware that there are people in society who haven't been afforded the opportunities I have. And, yes. And they never will be afforded those opportunities. I'm fortunate that, you know, I've got a tenacious mum who forced me to believe that there was more out there for me than my surroundings suggested. Um, and not everyone has that. But... A lot such- of people think they don't but they do yeah they just don't want to take responsibility for that and cutting the price of a box of cornflakes by 10p is going to make no difference to these people favorite cereal cornflakes no but i was, was going to your favorite cereal go oh cocoa pops oh yes yes oh. we agree on everything that's good so in fact is there another choice i'd go Weetos if i couldn't have cocoa what pops. Are, they? are those the hoops the little chocolate hoops oh, with okay. the professor on the front mm-hmm they turn the water, the milk brown. Yeah. So this is this was a marketing based question I was going to ask you. Joel, bebe leche. Joel drinks milk. I knew the milk. I didn't know bebe. Mm, I'm learning Spanish at the moment. I, I can tell you everything about water, milk, and apples. I haven't moved on to anything else. Yet. Nice. So me with Italian. I know towel. Juan come manzanas. Juan likes apples. Eats apples. Cool. Mantequilla, nice. por favor. And the butter, please. Can we get back to the point? Sorry. Manuel. 
So here's an interesting one. Lots of one. Spanish people are not called Manuel and Juan. Let's be clear. Here's an interesting one. Who does the advertising for Cocoa Pops? As in, what brand advertises Cocoa Pops? Kellogg's in it. Okay. Sainsbury's own brand, chocolate rice, or mm-hmm. whatever it's called. Who does the advertising for that? Sainsbury's. Do they, though? Do Sainsbury's invest any money in advertising their own brand, chocolate rice? No, they just promote their brand. On the back of... Sorry, they promote... They promote products on the back of their brand. Yeah. Where in the aisle is Sainsbury's Choco Rice? I've got to be honest, I, I, I didn't know Sainsbury's had their own brand and shit. Long time since I've been a student. Um, oh, no, soon I used to buy every all the... They used to call them the... the There's people in society, Andy, that have to eat own brand. The, the white products. Get so to my point. The white beans, the white bread. Oh, we, I always like kidney beans and stuff like that. I always buy own brand because why wouldn't you? The own, the the own brand... Baked beans are nowhere near as good. Like no. we we bought ketchup, or Emma bought ketchup the other week that wasn't Heinz, and it was a it was a bit cheaper. Tell you what, it's good. It was shit. Stokes ketchup, that stuff that we've had. Oh, in the bottle. You know they did that Stokes brown sauce and then. Stokes, oh yes, Stokes yeah, yeah. Ketchup. So middle class, Joel. So I know, lost my roots. Anyway, at a guess, oh, what are we talking about? At a guess, where is Sainsbury's chocolate rice in the cereal? Oh, no, at the back. At the back. Next to the cocoa pops. Correct. So my point being, if Kellogg's stopped marketing Cocoa Pops so heavily. What would you go for? No, no, that's not the point I'm making. Oh, okay. Not only did Cocoa Pop sales drop, but so does Sainsbury's own brand, Choco Rice. Ah, so we're going. Because that product is no longer advertised. Because people that buy Sainsbury's own brand, Choco Rice, when it's next to Cocoa Pops in the same shop, are doing it for a monetary saving. Mm-hmm. If the desire is taken away, they'll buy cornflakes because you you get more nutritional value from a bowl of cornflakes. The world is fucked if that's true. People would rather buy cornflakes than chocolate rice. I mean, surely it's better for you. But I'm sure it's a lot better for you. But that's I think it's just missing such a point mm. that that you have to have marketing mix. So you have to have brands at different stages in their in their life cycle. You have to have brands that are available to different people in society. If you try and make everything even or cheap, all that happens is sales reduce across the board because people will only buy the essentials. I mean, back in the Cold War, we know well, how that happened. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, it's like, well, okay, we What's might as well have porridge because this is all much for much just now and no one knows why we should want it. Because oh, Chocolate ready bread, do you remember that? I never had chocolate ready bread. My mum, my mum always bought the most boring cereals. That's what I love so much about going off on like scout camp. They'd have proper cereals there, whereas mum only had like, um, cornflakes. What's the other boring one? Rice Krispies. Um, we were a Bran Flakes household. Oh fucking hell! It's even worse. But then, but you were regular. But yeah. <laughs> but then at Christmas we had Cocoa Pops. Oh god, what's the one worse than all Bran? Yeah, I'm not sure that all Bran, oh. all Bran and shredded wheat can just be parked because I don't think that's that was even, like cardboard. I don't think either of those have even made it <laughs> to the cereal factory. They've just been straight from the field into a box. Oh my god, all Bran. Bloody hell. But anyway, as a treat, mum once bought chocolate ready break. Holy shit, it was amazing. But that didn't last long. Oh, no, watered it down. I mean, as a kid, is there anything better than chocolate for breakfast? So my nan, when he's going to stay with her, um, she let me have sugar on toast 
for breakfast. That's white white yeah, bread, like, like French toast, toasted, but, yeah, yeah. The proper Welsh butter, spreading it whilst the toast was hot, then sprinkled with white sugar. Yeah. Oh, eggy bread we used to have, which is the same, but I wasn't that posh. Dipped in egg, not posh. I've never had eggy bread. Really? Well, so you cover it and then you fry it? Yeah, and some Ooh. people have it as a savoury, and some people Ooh. have it with like icing sugar. Or so I was at some Starbucks today, and you know when you pull up to the little drive-through thing to give your order, they've got the menu next to it. And I was looking at their croque messieurs and their, you know, their toasted sandwiches and stuff. It's like shit. And you got to label the calories now, haven't you? Yeah. Bloody hell! That, that's going to be damaging some food businesses. So I thought, oh, I could murder like ham and ham and cheese toasted sandwich, and it was like five hundred calories or something. That's not too bad for a lunch, is it? No, I was going to get it for like just like eleven tiffin. Because <laughs> I'd had my breakfast already. Tiffin. Tiffin was that afternoon. I should know this. It I thought tiffin was a type of cake. No, tiffin's like um, isn't it? Like a, bis- a, biscuity, chocolatey slice. Could be totally wrong, but tiffin I thought was what one of the things the Brits brought to India, where it was almost like a either elevens or an afternoon tea. So oh, spot a tiffin, and that was, and maybe that's why the cake's called that then. Listeners, if you know, don't write in because <laughs> I don't care. <coughs> right, me. so how do we wrap this up? Other than. Cutting your marketing is daft, says the marketer. I think really important point, because obviously there are going to be lots of different people running different businesses at different stages listening to the podcast. So it's crucial, like you said, you've got to know your audience. Who is the cost of living crisis hitting the hardest? And do they spend money with you? Because like you say, if Mr. and Mrs. Ferrari are listening to this podcast, they're not going to be like, yeah, we, we, need to, we need to knock a tenner off our cars. Yeah, and I think it's that whole like positioning piece that price is only part of the conversation so like in our household for example we're quite big own brand shoppers because we cook everything from scratch so buying branded goods doesn't uh, there's no taste difference so it's the so it's not just about it's not about price own branded all brand that'd be even worse does that oh god i don't know does it better think about it but if you're buying flour is it McDougal's? That's the fancy brand, or Emma, Emma uses that Shipton. Yeah, or Sainsbury's own. But remember I mean, the flare crisis, COVID. Remember toilet roll crisis. But yeah, it's that whole like price is only a tiny part of the thing, and desirability is another segment. And cost of living, I completely understand essentials like energy bills and fuel and council tax really really hurt people during a cost of living crisis and and of course they do but if kellogg's managed to knock 10p off every box of cereal but the people most impacted by the cost of living crisis aren't buying kellogg's anyway as marketers should we call should we be calling it the cost of living challenge um i think you know something we're always telling clients that marketing obviously is about promotion but it's equally about protection Mm. protecting your brand like my mate, the gym owner, you know, again, the money's flying in. You still got to protect yourself. You take out insurance. You hope nothing happens to you. You take out insurance in case something does. So things are going well. Revenue's up. Strictly speaking, that means you should be spending more on your marketing. If you're looking at spending 10% of your revenue in the good times, you spend more because when the bad times hit, you've got that layer of protection around you, which again, shielded a lot of businesses when the last recession hit. You've always got to prepare for the worst and hope for the best. And, you know, you can't sit there worrying about what if, because that will literally, you'll freeze and burn. But, 
you have to have these things in place. You've got to have your marketing foundations in place. You've got to have your accounting foundations in place. You've got to have your sales foundations in place. You've got to have your operations foundations in place. And if you're doing those things properly and effectively, you'll know that cutting any of them will damage your business. And so don't do it. And here's another thing, right? The cost of living challenge is over. What do you do then? Oh, I'm going to put prices back up. Yeah. See what your customers do to you then. Yeah, yeah. And, and by that point, and Kellogg's is an easy example because it's the leading cereal brand. But if Kellogg's slashes its prices down to the same price as all the other cereals on the shelf, then it completely loses its positioning. And like you say, when it goes to put the prices up again, everyone just goes, well, I'll just switch to another brand then because exactly. you're all the same. Exactly. Right. Andy, what's the good news? What can people sign up to at the moment if they check out our bios? Oh, where, where do we start? You can get a free box of Cocoa Pops. <laughs> no, that, that's all I can think about at the moment, Cocoa Pops. If you're the kind of person that wants to carry on doing your marketing yourself, then visit andyandjoel.com and we'll coach you how to get better results. If you're the kind of person who can't think of anything worse than doing your own marketing and the marketing you are doing at the moment isn't getting you the results you need, visit codebreak.co.uk. Nice. And if you're not sure, check out our bios because our latest webinar will be linked in there. And you can hop on there and decide whether doing it for yourself or not is for you. Cool. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to the Stay Hungry podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share, leave us a review. I'll love you forever. Visit andyandjoel.com if you want to know more about our coaching. We'd love to hear from you. Take care, everyone.